In over 10 years of going to shows, I've met some really interesting people along the way. Folkies, metalheads, old school punks, sweetheart singer-songwriters, and everyone in between. I figured now was as good a time as ever for me to share their stories. Conversations about music where no genre and no topic is off limits. I'm David James Young, and this is Newcastle Month. that right welcome to all my friends are in bar bands it's david james young here and it is newcastle month that is right for the month of may you are going to be exclusively hearing interviews from awesome artists that either are originally from or currently reside in glorious glorious newcastle This was over a weekend that happened just over a month ago, and I'm really, really happy with how all of these interviews turned out. All such wonderful, wonderful people, and such a great community of music, such a great history of awesome, awesome music coming from that area. So I thought we'd focus on that for the entire month. Before we get to that, though, let's go through a quick run of plugs. If you are listening to this on the day it comes out, on Thursday, May the 7th, Courtney Barnett is in town. She is playing at the Metro Theatre tonight and also on Friday. I just thought I'd mention that. It's not technically a plug because both of those shows are very much sold out. So if you're going along, say hi. If you're not... Better luck next time. On Friday, an awesome show with a fucking killer lineup happening at Blackwire Records. Oslo are going to be launching their 7-inch and a, uh, a new music video as well. And they have put together a killer lineup for that. Safe Hands, Hannah Band, and All In A Year are all going to be playing that show. It's 10 bucks. kick off at 7.30. You don't want to miss that On Saturday, if you are in Wollongong, I strongly, strongly recommend getting along to the Take Care Festival. The Take Care Festival is an initiative set up by the University of Wollongong Feminist Society, or FEMSOC as they are known. And they have put together an awesome all-female lineup. Entry is by donation, and every cent that is made is going straight to supported accommodation and homelessness services in the Shoalhaven and the Illawarra. And it is really, really important and a great cause. So let's take a quick look at the lineup. We've got Caitlin James, Jane Orberg, Alison Gallagher, Baby Machine, Scabs, Hustle Mama, and Glory Hole. That's kicking off at 2pm, and it's going to be at Jane's, which is a new venue on Flinders Street in North Wollongong. Today's guest is Jack Lundy, He is the first of four interviews that I did as a part of Newcastle Month. This was recorded in his front yard, so (laughs) there's some traffic. But all things considered, this is a relatively quiet episode. Not that Jack himself has ever really been the quiet type. You might know him from his time in uh, very chaotic 
metalcore band by the name of Cabins. You might also know him from his time as lead guitarist and backing vocalist in Adeline Pines. And you might also even know him most recently as a solo artist. But whatever the case, you've definitely seen him around if you're a part of the Newcastle scene. He's a figurehead. He is a personality. And I love chatting to this guy and hanging out with him whenever I'm in Newcastle. He's an absolute joy, and I'm really happy that I got to kick off Newcastle Month nice and proper with this gentleman. So let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. At the start of Newcastle Month, I give you Jack Lundy. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friend, Jack Lundy. Hey guys. How you doing, buddy? A little hungover, but uh, <laughs> we're doing alright. <laughs> it's, it's Easter Sunday, uh, and we are hanging out here in, in, in the land of the brave. My second or third home, it's in the top five homes of Newcastle, uh, particularly hanging out with Mr. Jack and the wonderful, wonderful Leo. Oh, it's always it's always good to come up here. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to have you. Oh, mate, I appreciate that a lot. We've just been hanging out, having a lovely, relaxed morning, and uh, I just got the idea. Literally, we were just talking, and I was changing the batteries in this recorder that you are now listening to this <laughs> technology. Uh, <laughs> Why not record and we were, these yeah, we were, we were just talking, we were just swapping stories, and I was just like, God damn, I normally record this when this <laughs> happens. And so I put two, two, two and two together, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> now, we were talking about this briefly off mic, so we met at Blackwire. I can't remember the specifics, and I'm not sure you can either. <laughs> I, I remember I was drunk. Yeah, so we're narrowing it down, getting nice and specific. I think it would have been in 2013 okay, that we yep. met. Um, it would have been during an Adeline Pine show yes, there. Yes, yes, you did. I've what? got a funny feeling Isaac might have been playing, old Ikey Boy, and yep. Jack Riley played as well. I think that's that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think you saw me in Caverns when we played there. No, I never saw Caverns. Because there's, there's there's a there's definitely a post drop, and I get get butterflies every time I see it. Caverns and nice guys. Yeah, that was a that was a time. That was a show. Wasn't it a time to be alive? Oh, uh, it was. Oh, the memories. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all come flooding back. <laughs> Well, at that time, you were you were playing with Adeline Pines as a band. Do you still play with to this yeah. day? Yes. Yeah, still, still with Adeline Pines, still with the boys. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to be in, in that particular project. I knew the bassist, Mikey. He used to play in Safe Hands, and I was playing in a band called Caverns at the time. And from that band, we kind of broke up on a whim one afternoon. Oh, yeah, one morning, I got a text message after... I was playing in another band as well at that time um, called The Young Pretties with my housemate Andrew Richmond. On the way back, our drummer sent us a text message saying, hey guys, I quit. So I think uh, consensus, we just went, yeah, we're all out. Um, so we organised... <laughs> really? You didn't think to replace him? No. Uh, Sam Bonamini, currently in Run Squirrel, he's, he's the kind of guy you can't replace and he was definitely like a, a keystone in the band. Did he say why he quit? He just wasn't into it anymore. I, I think he 
had been offered to rejoin the Storm Picturesque at the time, which was much more up his alley. Like Caverns was a pretty obscure, noisy, hardcore band. It just wasn't working for him. These things happen, I suppose. It, it does. That is the ebb and flow of life, and there's definitely no animosity towards him at all. I love him, I love his bands and his mm. projects, and everyone in that band too. Mm. I still go out and make sure I see them play. But yeah, so we organised this last show. I'd been hounding Mikey, because he said, oh, I've just started this country band. And I was like, oh, fuck, I want to play guitar. You know, I really want to play guitar in this in a band. Yeah, he saw me play in the Young Pretties a few times and went, yeah, no, okay, you can come play with us. And I joined Adeline Pines, and as Caverns broke up, it kind of switched main projects. Yeah. And just kept the uh, kept the flow going, and then here we are today after several lineup changes and ready to release a record. Fantastic. That's such a flash cut, though, to go from, like you said, noisy hardcore to going straight into this, into this new, like, old country band. Well, even when I was playing... In Caverns, like, my main influences were Bright Eyes and things like that. Like, I've always had my acoustic guitar. There's, there's a whole lot of Bright Eyes references in the Caverns songs. Like oh, really? Blatant, blatantly stolen references. But yeah, like, I, I've always been just involved, like, interested and involved in making music and seeing people make music and helping it to be produced. Fair enough. Yeah, that's good, man. I think everyone needs to, like, have as many diverse influences and inspirations and to reflect that in their music, you know? Like, you can you can definitely tell... I was talking to Nathan from Hannaband about this, and, you know, there are definitely dudes who are like, oh, I really like hot water music, so I'm going to be in a band that sounds like hot water music. Yeah, know? oh, I think it's important to, to have your influences and to draw from them, but to really give it your own flavour, you've got to shake it up with other things you've done, like your tales, your stories of life. Don't just regurgitate the same stories that they've got. Let's take it back to the very, 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 very beginning. When you were growing up, what kind of got you into music to begin with? Oh, this is a funny story. My first record that I ever owned was the Spice Girls record. Fuck yeah. The first Spice Girls record. Spice or Spice World? Uh, Spice. Nice. Yeah, um, yep. I, then, I then owned Spice World, which I still have the copies of. I think it's important to hold those things back. I was one of those really loud, awkward children. Not, not so much an extrovert, but just wanted the attention a little bit things things i didn't maybe get at home yeah right um, but first day of high school so year seven um my first my first class was music and so the teacher got the glockenspiels out and with the glockenspiels she taught us how to play twinkle twinkle little star yeah right so you know we all learned like the class all played it together and then she she posed the question does anybody want to do it alone and no one else put their hand up. And I was kind of like the guy, like, oh, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and so I ripped out Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Oh, nice. And um, received a commendation, which is like the award system for high school. Like, oh, you can go on the end of year excursion on the first day. <clears throat> but that really opened it all up. And uh, I just come end of year eight, I bought my first guitar because I was skating a lot. And I met some guys that, you know, played guitar and were in like punk rock music, like pop punk. So like, yeah. Some 41 and you blink 182 and it became like a huge part of how I live like I had a massive Tom DeLonge poster on the wall oh yeah and for a long time there I just wanted to be Tom DeLonge I, I bought an Epiphone Dot Studio as my second oh, guitar no because shit. I was yeah that's, that's how into it I was man that's dedication but yeah like it all started in year 7 I, I was involved in performances from things around the time like when the Olympic torch relay came through uh, my family was living in Port Douglas and so I was too via proxy and uh, <laughs> And well, I was involved in, like, the dance, and we had to make rings and stuff like that. Literally, the next day, we moved from Port Douglas to Port Stevens, which is, I think it took us seven days to drive there. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Where, where are these ports for um, comparative uh, Port Douglas reference? is about an hour north of Cairns. So right. So, tropical, like, right on the tip. Tropical yeah, final wow. Queensland. Um, and that's where I grew up. 
Uh-huh. And then when we were 10, oh, well, it was the year I turned 10, the year 2000, we moved down here because of Silverchair. <laughs> but yeah, no. They made it up to you in the year 2000. <laughs> My mum got offered a job and we moved here and the rest is history. So whereabouts is Port Stephens? About now in North Newcastle, like Nelson Bay or that area up there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. We lived on site at a four-star resort because my mum was the manager. And yeah, I just I had a lot of a lot of times living in a resort. <laughs> living the dream, I, mate. I, I had a tennis court, a swimming pool. It was great. Oh, man. Free ice creams as far as the eye could see. Dude, living the dream. Arguably. <laughs> Tell us about the first band. Was a high school band, as I think everybody's was. Yeah. The first band was the the first step to the f- first band I was in, if that makes sense. Like you got the high school band you formed together, like first proper band, yeah, yeah um, quote unquote proper. But they, they were a part of it. Basically, we were called Losing Daylight, which is a reference to um, Rise Against. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, the line, I'm losing daylight, but I can't walk any faster or something like that. Right, it's yeah. It's one of their songs. So, yeah, I, I can... <laughs> with that with that name, I can only assume what you guys sounded like. Well, we played two songs in our career at high school. Um, this was... Career. I would have been... I would have been in year nine at this point in time. Yeah, going into yeah. year ten. There was like a battle of the bands at the school. Oh, yes. And uh, we played Stay Together for the Kids by Blink-182. At the end of it, I remember we played in like the the big basketball hall thing we had and I jumped off the stage with my guitar and I felt like the biggest badass in the world. How high up was the stage? Oh, I'm I'm six foot. It probably comes up to my chest. <laughs> I'd never done anything like that before but I, I think from then I've known I've been a performer. <laughs> was it Was it like, did you did you do the pop punk jump with it? Oh yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like it was, the split th- legs? There was, there was like a little turn and everything and like the guitar in the air at the end. It was just, oh yeah. There is, there is a video on my mum's old computer, so it still exists. Oh. There's, there's proof that this happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what started. And then um, I had a big falling out with those guys, basically. Over a, over a Tom DeLonge poster? No, well, Tom DeLonge comes into it. Um, <laughs> my best As friend. As he always does. My best friend who I did a lot of skating with died. Oh, um, right. He had a heart attack. Yeah. And being a 15-year-old kid pumped full of hormones, didn't know how to deal with it. And, you know, I'd kind of left for a while and didn't talk to them and cut all ties because I needed to just grow as myself. Yeah. And then we got back together. Like, I think it might have been six months later. My friend was like, hey, we've been um, writing these songs. Do you want to come listen to them? So I snuck out of my house. I was playing sick one day and I had to, like scale down the balcony oh wow and yeah got in the car and listened to it and that day i recorded vocals for two of the songs just because you know it was there and we were just trying new things out sort of bridging those friendships again and um that band whose name i like to think i've conveniently forgot um we played heaps of loft shows which is this all ages venue in newcastle oh yeah and yeah, like that was. So, were you living in Newcastle at this point? No, not at this point. But like 2006, I was pretty much in Newcastle four or five days a week. Just like I wag school a lot, and it, it definitely reflects in my uh, UAI. <laughs> but here I am, third year of university, so it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> an inspiration to us all. You are. Yeah, um, that band was definitely my first real band like we went to Tamworth one time and played a show holy shit yeah that was with um a band called Falling for Beloved and who were like scene heroes amongst it all um and that was actually where I met Mikey because Mikey played guitar in Falling for Beloved so that's how long I've known yeah Michael Russell Jesus Christ shout out to shout out to Mikey yeah we're, we're, we're really good friends and we like to do everything together I think he's a great great artist oh that's beautiful one of the last times I stayed up here 
you played me, I think it was a MySpace demo. Yeah. Of, yeah, that was um, that band. Oh, right. It's, and was this the band that had the spoken word bit at the end? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, Exchanging Hope for Hearts happened. So that was that's definitely what it's called. Um, <laughs> it was really funny. We, I searched it the other day for some reason because I had to show somebody one of the tracks. And there was an Wait, old... had to? <laughs> yeah, oh, it was gun to my head sort of situation. <laughs> oh my god. But uh, the funniest thing came up, like I'd never seen it before. There was an ultimate guitar thread of um, worst bands ever, and our name popped up. Oh, <laughs> no, yes. We've done it. We, we did something with worst ourselves. Worst bands we, ever. We made in the a list. History of the universe. Like someone said that we took ourselves seriously. I'm like, how serious can a 16 year old kid take himself? Very, oh, it very, out, it out good. <laughs> but, um, very, very, very seriously. <laughs> during that, I met a guy called Reese Anderson, who was in Caverns with me. So I would have been sixteen then, and we started a metalcore deathcore band whose first name was uh, Bloodstained Memories, which is a reference to Parkway Drive, of course. Because everyone was into Parkway Drive at the time, you know, smoking. So all your all your bands are just lyrics from other songs, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that happened. Then we changed our name to the Stockholm Slaughter, and we became like a a doomy metal death thing. Like, it was stupidly ridiculous songs, and some of them led into Cavern songs. Yeah, right. Um, but then all that sort of happened, and there was a real weird time where I was pretty much homeless for the best part of three months. That for, like exchanging hope for hearts broke up because our synth player left and all this sort of stuff went down. Oh, what are you going to do without the synth player? Well, I was originally the synth player, so um, <laughs> we got him in the band because he had the money to buy a microcorg. <laughs> and I don't regret it. <laughs> of course not. They, they were really good times. Oh, but, yeah, um, synth players in, in punk and hardcore bands, man, that was, that was like when new metal bands all had DJs. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ultimately we were just like, oh... Wait, we don't need that, do we? Mm. We don't need that at all. <laughs> kegs, kegs are integral, but um, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, kegs are integral. <laughs> yeah, integral. W- when I was homeless, basically, I, I got a. This isn't the days of MySpace. I got a message from um Darcy. He said, "Hey, man, I've seen you play before." And this is pretty much how he talks. I love <laughs> him to death. Um, <laughs> do you want to be in a band with me and Reese? And I was just like, "Yeah, I do." And uh, we started jamming, and that's how Cavan sort of started. It was an offshoot from. Stockholm Slaughter and the collapse of that first real band of mine. Right. Um, then a year later, I was living in Newcastle. And that was always the obvious choice for you? Like... Yeah, I was always coming to Newcastle. That's a funny story about that too. Yeah, Cavan started and I was still living up in the Bay with my mum. Right. And during that time, we recorded our first EP, which was called Motion. Um, and we wanted it all finished and recorded before we released and started playing shows. Like, that whole thing, get it all done and establish ourselves. And then... After our second show, we get a message from Totally Unicorn saying, do you guys want to come on tour? And wow. Yeah, I, that may, I like to believe that that's the, the beginning of the night, the, the title called Dad Was Cool Sons, because our drummer's dad, uh, Mosh Dad, he, <laughs> he, he drove the van for us down to Wollongong to go on tour with Totally Unicorn. I did not know yeah, this. Yeah, this is, uh, so that all happened, and. Yeah, like, Cavins took off and did its thing. So, I like to think of Cavins as my first real band, but obviously there is the precursor. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get there to get there, you know. <laughs> you, you've talked about Cavins at length, like, that was a pretty big deal at the time. I, I honestly loved it, I put all myself into it, and I think we all did. Um, but it ended when it had to end, and then the last show we played was, I ended up 
bodyboarding over the crowd during with the microphone in one of the songs. There's a photo that exists of that. Um, I was standing on top of like the front of house speakers with an umbrella and tried to marry Poppins into the crowd and always took some dude's eye out. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, it was it was something. Yeah, like, like Caverns was a great place for me to be in. When I was in Caverns, I was in Young Pretties as well. Yeah, doing... tell, us, tell us a bit about how that came about. Um, basically, I was living with Richo. And shout out to Richo. Shout out to Richo, my boy. Richo! My Joey was living with me as well. Joey played guitar there. And I was like, do you guys need a guitarist? It looks like you guys are having fun. Can I play too? Yeah. And I joined the band. I think the first show I played was a Cambridge show with them at some festival. And oh, I was... dude, dude. I was at that. You were, you were at that festival. <laughs> that was like at the end of 2011, maybe? Yeah, or end, and of at, end of 2011, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, it was called Your Fest. It was with yep. Ballpark Music yep. and Andy Ball and a bunch of other people. And yeah, you guys played and I watched you from up the back. <laughs> I have absolutely no memory of... That show, I think I may have gotten drunk beforehand because of the nerves. I don't, I don't remember you guys playing, but I, I remember it happening. And then later on, when you guys were telling me about this band and this show that you played, I was just like, oh, fuck, I was there. I was there. <laughs> I definitely, I had that moment where... Ships in the night. <laughs> I was I was sort of playing guitar, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to run the wall and jump off of it. That'd be sick. And then I went, I did it, and I just went, oh, wait, I'm playing in an indie band. And so yeah. I, I danced with my feet for a little bit. <laughs> it was it was an awkward first show, but it was really fun. <laughs> and I think like that sparked me into wanting to play guitar in Adeline Pines. Has your guitar style kind of changed in accordance to that? You know, just going through so many different genres over the years. Oh, that's kind of become all encompassing on in how you play now. I think I, I like to feel the room, depending on what's going on. It's, it sounds like the wankiest thing in the world, right. but um, like playing in Adeline Pines, we can have like two different versions of it on the same night, you know. There's the the rock and roll Adeline Pines where we're all, you know, jumping around, having a good time. Or yeah. there's the real somber Adeline Pines where we just sort of stay there and just real nail like nail everything. It all it all depends on what what kind of mood your audience is. In. And I mean it, it's when I'm playing solo it's like I'm going to backflip off of things with an acoustic guitar that I spent two grand on. <laughs> I'd love to see that though. Oh, it's I think that that's why on my uh what you, Bandcamp page it's a former backflip enthusiast <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit mm. <laughs> 24 and my bones are creaking it's uh it's not good no <laughs> oh, my knees are going to give way soon <laughs> what kind of sparked the decision to, to go solo after all this time I'd always wanted to play solo like I see a lot of my friends do it um, Richo was doing it I was living with him for so long that he inspired me to just want to do it then you know, started seeing like Smith Street Band and Will Wagner and hanging out with those guys. And it was just like, this is so much fun. Like, I, I, I just want to relax and play honest music. And I wanted to, to write some things that weren't as poetic as the, some of the Cavern stuff. Because there's a lot of, you know, metaphors that were really long, drawn out, convoluted things. Whereas I just wanted to write things about, I'm happy or I'm sad. And just be blatant yeah. about the whole thing. It's very direct, yeah. Yeah. And like, that was a big thing in that. And then um, I was talking to Ben David one night, and I was like, dude, I'm fucking doing it. I'm going to go solo. I'm going to do some stuff. And I was sending like back and forth of just some of the lyrics I was working on. And he's like, yeah, dude, do it. It got around to I just moved out of a house and moved into another one. And um, Spencer, who I met at uni, was also one of the reasons I decided to go solo. Scotty. Yeah, I just, just wanted to hang out with him. He was like, hey, I've got this show going on. George and Mac's coming. And that was my first show was uh, The Last with Spencer and Georgia. Oh, wow. And I was, I was nervous as hell. You'd think having done all that sort of stuff, you'd have all this confidence to do it, but having not played by myself 
in a long time. Like, mm. I was shaky and everything, but I had such a good time and everyone was really accepting and responsive. Mm. Like, like, yeah, it was like, you had fun. We enjoyed it. Can't wait for the next time. Yeah. And so I just kept doing it. And I ended up playing like 52 shows that year. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a, that's a good mileage. Yeah, 2014 was pretty good. Yeah, it sounds it. Was, like, getting back into, in quote-unquote, singing like that a, a challenge as well, considering, like, you know, you'd come through punk bands and hardcore bands, you know, and, and, and primarily, you know, like, screaming and doing that yeah. sort of stuff. Like, getting back to doing, like, relatively quiet, like, folkier stuff. Was that more of a challenge for you? I never once said I could sing, um, but I give it a go. <laughs> like, like, I influenced a lot by things like Bright Eyes, who isn't the greatest singer. Bit of Bob Dylan, you know, he just mumbles his way through whatever. <laughs> so I, I just, I went out there and I think because of the time that I spent in those hardcore bands, mm. like my lung, even though I'm quite a heavy smoker, my lung capacity was just huge and I could breathe and I'm like, okay, this is a thing I didn't know beforehand that I could do. So it was really good to have done that before. So it, <laughs> it, it all makes sense to me. It really <laughs> helped, you know, and like doing backups in Adeline Pines was good too. It's just then taking the lead and having to drive the whole thing. You know, it was a lot of fun. And, like, especially recording when I went in and did those demos, it was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I have no idea how to do this properly. <laughs> let's just let's just go with it. And I worked with um Joe Anderson, who was bass player in Caverns, who does a lot of demos for everybody. And it was just a really good experience. World-class photog, too. Yeah. Oh, he's beautiful. He'd been around the world. Buy, buy his, uh, this is definitely a plug, go buy his um, little zines. Yeah, they're beautiful, aren't they? They're just wonderful. Actually, there's there's one of his originals that's hanging up in your living room. Yeah, yeah, there is. That's the uh, last Comalai show, I think it was. Oh yes, Oh, memories. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really. I think I'm really lucky to live with the people I do and around the people I do. Yeah, there's just so much going on all the yeah, time. Yeah, like, do you do you feel like like I was talking to to Jamie about this? Uh, how much the community and your immediate surroundings are reflected and. Uh, influential in your own music do you feel like coming up through newcastle's various music scenes has reflected on who you are as a person now oh definitely like i i feel a bit blue collar-esque sort of thing living in this coal town yeah um, I, don't, I don't like to use the term coal town because richard's already stolen that one that's his <laughs> he's coined that phrase living in this town we've got a lot like we have to play twice as hard to get noticed to to get things like going to sydney and stuff like that which is such a saturated scene like the quality of music that comes out of Newcastle is reflective of the people in Newcastle having to work harder. Do you remember the first time that you played interstate and went out to tour like that areas, those yeah. areas for the first time? Yes, I do. I do actually. Uh, it was in Caverns. It was the second tour we did. I, I wouldn't call it the first tour because interstate doesn't include Canberra, if you ask me, because <laughs> it, it's inside of a state. But it was, uh, it was like a a winter tour we did with a band called Inhale the Sea. Okay. Um, and we all, we flew to meet up with them because they went out and played Tamworth and because of work schedules, we couldn't do the first two shows on the tour. But yeah, we went up and played Breezy in the Gold Coast and I, for some reason, left my wallet in Sydney Terminal. Oh no. Yeah. So we basically landed in the Gold Coast. Michael Crafter walked past us, which was the strangest thing to see. It's like, oh fuck. <laughs> and um, in those moments of crisis, I called my mum and said, what do I do? You know, it's like, I've lost my wallet. I've got no ID. I'm in a different state. How, like, just guide me. Tell me what to do so I get this right. Like, we played the show on the Gold Coast and we were going to go to Brizzy the next night. But because we had to get my wallet from Tweed Heads, because it was getting shipped there, we got hotel rooms. Hey! <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we got these two hotel rooms on the Gold Coast and 
Blessing in disguise. Yeah, I had I had absolutely no money on me or ID, and everyone went out to the strip clubs. So I sort of sat inside the hotel room and drank and was <laughs> moody and was like, "Fuck this, fuck that." Oh no! Went and got got my wallet from the Gold Coast from Tweed Heads. Yeah, and it was like you know when um, Link gets his item. Yeah, it was like opening the chest. It was just the greatest thing ever. So I thought you meant Lincoln for a second. Oh, when he opens chest, it's oh. It's powerful. It's very steamy. Yeah, so we went went to fuel up, and when we we're doing it, this uh, I want to say junkie, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. kind of approached our car and tried to like wash our windows. We said, "No, no, it's fine, it's fine." Then she decided that she'd pump our gas for us. So she's there, and she's she's feel, she literally filled our van up. Um, and then it got to the point where when you've reached capacity, you can't do anymore, and it just clicks. And she stood there for about a minute, just clicking on it, just clicking. Like, what the fuck's going on here? This is, this is serial killer stuff. Oh, God. And then she asked us, so where are you guys going? We said, oh, we're going to Brizzy. So she goes, oh, cool. And she just jumped in the van. <laughs> she she hopped in the van with us. Oh, um, what? Toby, the singer in Inhale, uh, had just come back from paying for the gas. And he hopped in. He's like, fuck, who's this? And shut the door. So we drove off. And she was like, so we started talking to him. We got a name out of her. Her name's Kayleen. And Kayleen turned out to have just been released from prison for murdering her husband because he cheated on her. And she wanted us to drop her at the nearest pub, which was, you know, about a K down the road. But she'd been kicked out of that one, so we had to go find booze for her to get rid of her. And, oh, uh, dude. We, we, went, we ended up finding a bottle shop and sort of parked the car, and this was on, like, a big uphill sort of thing. And we let her out, and she did the whole money thing. Uh, so we, we gave her 10 bucks and sent her on her way. And as she was walking out from the van, like she was going to cross the road to the bottle shop, a semi-trailer almost took her out. Fuck! It was, you could not make that shit no, up. Um, there's, there's a video of it on YouTube as well, and I like to go back to it sometimes just for the memories. <laughs> that, that, that was that, that was the first uh, interstate tour. Then we, we played the uh, the Brizzy show at um, Sunny D. Yeah, Sunny D. Yeah, played the Sunny D show, and then we played a show at Fat Louis. Oh, nice! And then we drove home. That would have been fun. Yeah, it was like it was a lot of fun. Like, that that was the first time we'd fucking all, weird, but yeah, fun. We'd all sort of gone out like interstate playing music, especially as Cavins without a parent around because, you know, two of the guys weren't 18 at the start of Cavins. It was just like, cool. So, yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> you gotta just kind of, kind of be a surrogate and, like, <laughs> look after them the way you would your own child. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I think, like, that, that, that's what Cavins meant so much to me because there were so many first experiences. Yeah, of course. Okay, so we'll wrap up, but uh, before we do that... Yep. Uh, I asked this of all my guests, as you probably know. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> carefully prepared written statement uh i'm after your best and worst gig experiences feel free to start on either or okay i'll go with my worst it so was this with this was with exchanging hope for hearts okay, of course yeah this is this is a funny story um we booked to play like a a pcyc gig it's it's near a place called i think it's near broad no not broad meadow um Gee, Warner's Bay, down that way, which is okay. about about 10, 15 minute drive from where we are right now. And the the show hadn't been advertised at all by anybody. Uh, it was us, some indie band, and someone played before them. And we rocked up a bit late, unfortunately, because we had issues with cars. Yeah. And uh, we thought, oh, cool, so there's going to be some people here, because the indie band brought some crowd with them. Uh, after they, they packed down and everybody left... <laughs> There was no one in the hall besides the one guy we brought with us. No shit. Yeah. 
and he was like he wasn't even a fan he was a friend like and he, just, he filmed it and it was the biggest joke of a show we'd ever played Wait, we actually played to no one fuck that's so heavy oh it was heaps of fun like I look back on it now I'm like you've got to you've got to sort of play those shows but um because <laughs> if you don't who will yeah exactly I think the best I've probably got two two really standout experiences for shows yeah the first was the time Adeline Pines supported Smith Street and Bond the Music Industry on that that fateful tour yes um, it was Byron Byron Bay was the show before the Newcastle show I think it was oh okay so the so Bennies were out but we just had such a good time like we had heaps of friends there and heaps of other fans of these other bands playing so it was like a packed room sort of thing and there was some dudes there that I went to high school with who you know we didn't get along very well, but after, like, after we played, they came and like shook my hand and said, "Yeah, that was fucking great." It was such like a, a good experience, to see these people like how how they have changed and grown. Well, that's beautiful, yeah. man. And I think the second one, like my favorite one, was uh, the weekend in Canberra that Scoot has talked about. Um, we played <laughs> Smith's Small Bookshop. He's gonna love that you called him Scoot. <laughs> I had to throw it in there, um, but yeah, like uh, we went down Shelby, myself, and. Uh, scooter and we were playing there with Jack and it was the first time I'd ever had somebody sing my lyrics back to me oh right yeah and that was him oh <laughs> it was a Jack Sp- Spencer was one of them but it wasn't just Spencer it was like people from Canberra that I'd never met before and uh, that knew your shit yeah and I was just like oh you guys have you guys are taking the time to listen to me. Thank you so much. I think that was the first time I ever played an encore because they wanted me to play another song. <laughs> and so I did, yeah. Well, I, was, I was like, I don't have any other songs. I was, I was like, do you guys want a Bright Eyes cover? Woo! Bright Eyes cover it is. Done. <laughs> so it was just an excuse to play a Bright Eyes cover. But it was like, it was such a fantastic experience. and An excuse to play Bright Eyes covers, the Jack Lundy story. <laughs> that's, that's my biography. That, that's the tell-all. <laughs> oh, man. Jack, thank you so much for... Taking the time to speak to me today, th- man. Thank you for, for being here. I hope oh. you, you've enjoyed yourself in Newcastle. I have. You guys always treat me well, and I appreciate it a lot, man. Did you have anything to plug? Pretty much the only thing that's coming up is... Oh, we're heaps excited for the Blue Line Medic Feel Like Us show. Yes. That's, Adeline Pines is currently writing a record right now. Um, like a, an album? Yeah. We're doing, oh, awesome. We're doing the whole album. Um, we've, we've booked in our recording time and demo time. and Fantastic. So that's all happening. So we're kind of taking a break from playing shows. Corey's having a kid and Rory's going overseas. So we get time to kind of recoup and just make everything happen, come back with like T-shirts and stuff. But while that's happening, I'm I'm doing a split with old Heath Anthony, old dad that way. That'll be a lot of fun. And then I'm Shout doing a solo Heath. record. So that'll be fun. Just a lot of things... Creative wise happening. Fantastic, dude. Alright, well, thanks again for your time, man. It's been it's been a pleasure. My pleasure. I'm David James Young and all my friends. This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.